Truck Parking Club is a network of instantly reservable daily and monthly truck parking locations throughout the U.S. Truck Parking Club helps connect truckers to truck parking locations throughout the U.S. via truckparkingclub.com. Our networks is made up of property owners that have locations adequate for truck parking to list on the platform. This includes trucking companies, storage companies, CDL schools, trailer leasing companies, real estate investors, truck parking operators, and more. Go to truckparkingclub.com today. Hey drivers, are you sick of watching the other drivers bypass the way station while you are held up going through yourself? Well, download DriveWise today at www.drivewise.com. That's D-R-I-V-E-W-Y-Z-E.com. And start bypassing the scales yourself. If you're a small carrier, an owner-operator, or even a big fleet looking for something better, check out DriveWise today. And remember, there's no equipment, no transponders needed when you're using DriveWise. Check them out for a free download at www.drivewyze.com. If you're a driver looking for a new trucking job, check out NCI. NCI offers the following. New Kenworth T680s, competitive wages, solo team and students welcome, plus a full benefit package for you and your family. Check them out today at 888-311-7076. That's 888-7076. And tell them TalkCDL sent you. Drivers, if you're looking for a local home everyday driving job, apply with Carter Lumber today. They have positions for Class A and Class B local drivers they can take experienced drivers, students, and non-CDL drivers. With over 160 locations, chances are they have a position for you. So go to carterlumber.com forward slash TalkCDL and apply today. Again, that's carterlumber.com forward slash TalkCDL. Thank you. <clears throat> and I'll slide down. So then when I'm sitting, instead of sitting upright, I'm like, like a little kid all lounged down because I slid all the way down. So I don't like to move the mic because I'm afraid that it, if I start sliding down, I'm going to be practically eating it. Okay. Well, I have no comment on that. <laughs> um, all right. Well, we can, we can start right now. That's what happens when you're like small and the chair's bigger than you and you well, slide. Yeah. <laughs> Well, okay, I'll tell you what, you, um, we'll just start the podcast now, okay. and check, check, one, two, three, okay. Four, five, six, yes. seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, okay. seventeen, eighteen, nineteen. I'm, I'm literally letting this play. Oh. So, listen, I, w- I want to talk to you about, I mean, we got a lot to talk about today. Uh, first off, I, we're going to be talking about truckers, or, I'm sorry, the best states to be a trucker in right now, and not just for salary-wise, 
But the amount of jobs that are available, I dug up. Hmm. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Sounds interesting. It's a really cool ranking. So we're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about also a uh, a little incident that a trucker did. <laughs> well, it's up in, in Ohio, and it kind of baffled me. Maybe the man was kind of frustrated what he said, what he said to the cops, and it kind of led to a big craziness. Um, and then I want to talk about LTL freight. I want to explain LTL freight. I want to explain that because it kind of goes with the truckers' salaries today and where there's the most trucking jobs and the least amount of trucking jobs kind of kind of goes together like that. Yeah, I think there's actually some drivers out there that don't understand the LTL freight yeah, and as much as they really thought they did. Yeah, and, and I want to explain that because actually and I've, I've talked to tons of drivers that ask me what what does it mean mm-hmm. and and we're going to we're going to explain that here on today's show um first i wanted to also mention you have um what states are you doing today georgia so the you're going to be um, giving these truck drivers some places that they may never have heard of in georgia mm-hmm. to stop and hang out so kind of mixing it up today I want to start the show out by maybe doing that, but also, I was at a place yesterday. I did a little video. (laughs) I've seen it. Yeah, I did a little video, and it's and I want to kind of start the show off like that before I forget, Uh, because I wanted to mention it on the podcast that there's this place that you know my my dad was he was getting a, a stint put in his heart yesterday, so I was over in Wildwood, Florida, and and. Past if you if you come down I seventy five in Florida and you you get off at the uh, the exit where the TA the two pilots and the Chrome shop is I don't even know what number that is to be honest with you but anyways you get off there and you go east on forty four forty four is the main drag mm-hmm. so you'll come to a highway called three hundred one if you made a left on it and maybe went I don't know a quarter mile not even there's a little thing a a, a Coney Island. Everybody's heard of Coney Islands. Yes. And like we're from Pennsylvania, so we grew up with Coney Island. Right. And what's your favorite? Well, I I don't know. I well, mean, they have the hot dog and they have the uh, burger. Well, I'll, I'll be they honest with French you. French fries. <laughs> so I seen this little little building. right, Literally, it's right on 301. Mm-hmm. Not far from where 44 and 301 intersect. And I'm like, oh my gosh, look at that. It even said from 1960. Right? And so... I stopped in, and it said it opens at 11. So um, Eddie, my buddy, and I, we went in right at 11 o'clock. And unbelievably, there was a line out the door. I'm like, it's a little hot dog joint, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, they have these footlongs with the chili and the, and the onions and stuff. And, and they make cheese fries. They make all kind of stuff in there and some fish sandwiches. But anyways, I wanted to let truckers know, you can get... Probably, well, you can get two trucks behind the building. And one driver wrote um, that he actually had parked on one of the side roads right there and walked into the Coney Island and and ate. Um, The food is absolutely fantastic. And and I want to kind of start the show off by letting truckers know if you're in Florida and you're at the truck stops and, and it would even be more convenient if you wanted to drop your trailer and just bobtail a few miles over to highway 301 mm-hmm. make a left go north for like a quarter mile and you'll see the coney island 
And I promise you, if you like chili cheese dogs, chili burgers, I mean, amazing. The, the smell of the place. just. But the line, I couldn't believe. It was like we, we went there at 11 and left at like 1230. And the, the line was still out the door to get, you know, people getting hamburgers and hot dogs. So that's my little um, uh, find for the week. Personally, I recommend if anybody wants to check it out. Those people don't know me. That was the first time I was ever there. I get nothing out of it. But if you guys really want some good, sloppy, greasy chili dogs, and I mean amazing, they steam the buns and everything, that's Troy's little find. Well, you know what's nice about that is, is you know, truck stop food gets monogamous. You know, like it gets monogamous. It's, it's, it's the same thing over and over. You can't, there's not much of a variety. And most of the truck stops anymore are the fast food joints. Well, so this gives them that option to where they can go down the street, not far, and get out of that same ritual of the same food. Okay. I want to say one other thing. How long has it been since we, I've walked in the TA a million times in the last year when I'm traveling. Mm-hmm. We always stop at the TA, get a Coke or whatever, right? It's been, it has to be over three years since we ate in that restaurant there in the country kitchen. Mm-hmm. I, 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 went to, I wanted to show Eddie, I said, hey, check out this restaurant. I don't know if you've ever been in the TA's restaurant. Awesome, right? I literally walk over, they have it boarded up. I said to the lady, when did that close? She goes, April of 20, during the COVID. Mm. I'm like, get the hell out of here. I didn't even know. That's how blind I was to the restaurant, because you got to walk around to get to it, and I haven't eaten in there in a long time. Anyways, what a what a, uh, a loss that was, because, you know, most truck stops you stop in all across America are McDonald's, Popeye's, you know, the one pizza joint, right? They're all fast food Little restaurants. Yeah, it's what's killing the drivers. Well, I think it's more of a business for the truck stops because they know that the majority of truckers coming in are going to come in, right? And what they're going to do is they're going to grab a bag of chicken or whatever, right? Or hamburgers to go. It's more convenient Mm -hmm. if they have a fast. So to me, I'll be honest with you. I, I mean, I understand business. But shame on these truck stops. Yeah, they're destroying the driver. Shame on these truck stops. Ruthann, I went upstairs to the lounge. It's it's just dirty looking. And it's 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 like, I remember when I was a driver, you'd walk into a lounge. They'd had nice couches, you know, right there. Nice size lounge for people to sit and when they're laid over, you know. Um, I think that just because your restaurant isn't probably going to give you as much business as the fast food portion i think every truck stop should invest in a little diner because there's nothing like eggs and home fries pancakes or whatever right there right you know what i mean there's nothing like that if you're a trucker you know in the morning sitting down having a little breakfast taking it a load off not just that i mean sometimes that's what i mean when we're when we we went off you know when we travel Sometimes, you know, I can't eat a lot of the different foods. So I remember before I'm like, I'm really hungry for, I think it was like liver and onions or something like that. And you're like, and I said, let's stop at like an iron skillet or something like that. So we had to literally search for an iron skillet. We found one, 
but when we found it, they didn't have that. I ended up getting pork chops or something like that. But still, that's what the drivers need. Not uh, not some McDonald's food. They need to have the home-cooked meals because they're getting destroyed with their cholesterols and their high blood pressures and all that from being on the road. I mean, honestly, I'm, a, I'm not afraid to admit that most drivers are a little heavier than they should be because of the fact that they're not eating healthy enough on the road. And when you have that all the time and you don't have a way of, of, you know, we at least had storage, con, you know, little food containers in the, in the refrigerator, but some drivers, they don't go through all that. But Well, I just, one of the things that to me, if you're a truck stop and you're making that kind of money, cause they do, they, they make a crap ton they of money. Do. They sell all the diesel, they sell everything. And then they have the little convenience stores. You know, there's, there's a constant line, people buying stuff. So, they they are a money maker. They are, and, and now they even charge these guys for parking. Okay, mm-hmm. a lot of them do. Disgusting. I, well, to me, it's like you're, you're you know you're looking at the trucker as as a chunk of change. You know, and and I'll be honest with you, I find that insulting that your driver lounges, a lot of your driver lounges, are really falling apart, and that your your Restaurants are going away. You know, these are guys that live on the road. I mean, literally, think about this. If you live on the road and you, you want to get out of your truck, you've been driving and you've got all these miles behind you, you've been gone for a couple of weeks and you're laid over, maybe you're doing your 34 somewhere, right? Right. And and all they offer is a freaking McDonald's. Or right? Pizza or, Hut. Right, exactly. You know, I mean, I like Loves and all, but most of them don't have a really nice restaurant. And Mm-mm. if I'm being honest... Okay, you know, you you guys have these commercial places have actually helped change trucking for the worst. I that's my opinion. I really mean that because like you said, first off, fast food restaurants suck. You know, they're I call them rectum rockets, you know, gut grenades. They go in fast and they come out fast. McDonald's food is 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 the absolute worst shitty food you can eat. I might eat a McDonald's hamburger and fries once a year. And every time I do my gut churns, I mean that if you're used to eating McDonald's and you probably have built up freaking, uh, uh, what's it called? Like an immunity. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You've got a tolerance to crap, you know, and you know, for a, uh, a truck stop to just look at truck drivers and I don't want to, you know, pound this, but I, I find it honestly disgusting and disappointing the more truck stops I visit that have less places for the trucker to unwind. If you're going to call it their home away from home, this is where you want them to park. This is where you want them lay over and, and this is where you want them spending money. Then make it a little more comfortable for these guys. I mean, and, and gals too, truck drivers. Yeah. It just, it really just rips my, 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 Whatever. I'm, I'm just I understand, and, 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 and I agree with you wholeheartedly, and I'm sure there's a ton of drivers there that are, and even some companies that are sitting there thinking, yeah, the dri- you know, they're right. Our drivers are out on the road. Not only are they getting, you know, busts in their butt between the FMCSA regulations, the company regulations, that, you know, they only have so much time that they could drive. The driver has their, their time that they have to be out of the truck to, to quote, relax, but they can't even do that because when they go into the truck stops, there's no place for them to relax. If you want, you know, before, remember, they used to they used to have the TV in there and you'd be able to watch some decent movies. 
They probably don't even have they they do I, good they had, stuff going now. They probably are like junky to where the drivers don't even enjoy sitting in the in the lounge just to watch the movies. Yeah, I mean, honestly, when I you just you walk upstairs in that TA and you look at it and you're going, boy, that looks comfortable. Not yeah, you know, what I mean, it's like you know, there was one guy was sitting in the big chair and another guy was sitting up front and I was just looking at them thinking, so these poor guys, you know, what right. I mean, it's like, you know, the chairs looked awful horrible. To 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 really get comfortable. They're in, in the chair all day long. Yeah. Give them something comfortable. Give them the big man recliners. Yeah, and you the know lazy what? boys. And you know what? To be honest with you, I I, I challenge. I'm going to send this challenge out to these truck stops. Loves TAs, Flying Js, pilots. All you truck stops, you mom and pop. You know the mom and pop ones usually are pretty good, but all you truck stops, you know. Challenge yourself to be better than the rest of these guys. If you put in a better lounge and, you know, you have some kind of a diner in, the, in your truck stop, and it will still make money. But it's if you make more money because more drivers are going to want to come over there and enjoy you if you make it more comfortable for them. I think that they use the COVID as an excuse. COVID's gone. You know, COVID's gone now. Stop, stop crying COVID bullshit. Okay, open up the restaurants, especially for truckers, and and. And seriously, challenge yourself to, to actually earn the title of a home away from home instead of really just a, a, a crappy place to buy diesel and maybe get ripped off for the night. Because everybody knows what, what, what truck drivers pay just for a bottle of shampoo or something like that at a truck stop. That's all I got to say on that, Ruth Ann. I'm kind of wanting to complain more, but I want to move on. Moving on. Hey, so real quick, um, Ruth Ann, the... Um, uh, blah, 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 blah. The places that you have, why don't you give them to us right now? Since I already named Wildwood, Florida at the Coney Island, um, why don't you give us what you have for truckers to stop at? And then we're going to go on to the podcast. All righty. I got Cascade Springs Nature Preserve. It's um, It says it's in Atlanta, but it's actually kind of more on the outskirts What's of Atlanta. Cascade Springs Nature Preserve. It's... Um, Back when the the Union Army had was some war was going to war, they um, this was one of the areas that they that they had gone through. So, um, but aside from that, in the nineteen uh, fifties, the water was actually from the springs was bottled and sold. There's a where they had the old pump house and all this different stuff there. But you can go, and there's a whole area where you can walk around. There's a little areas like you could see the the remnants of some certain stuff that happened there. But they built a hotel and stuff there. It's actually really cool. And then the water itself, I'm going to tell you what this water has in it that's supposed to be naturally healing. It's got silica, potassium, chloride, calcium, carbonate, and other minerals said to have some healing effects. So if you have the chance, go and and take a little walk there. Check it out. Might give you a little bit of, of relaxation. And what's the name of that one more time? Cascade Springs Nature Preserve. Awesome. It will be in my link for my podcast favorites. Sweet. Next one I have is the Museum of Aviation. It's in Robbins Air Force Base, Georgia. And um, that just has a bunch of different planes that used to be flown back in the day. And there is also... Um, it's by Macon, by the way. And there's also people there that you can actually talk to, 
to go over it. So it's a little aviation museum that, that some drivers are, are big in their planes. So that's one. There's another place that I have here because I gathered a couple of different ones. Um, this one here, not everybody is a big fan of them, but if you're an Elvis fan, I seen this and thought, eh, okay. Hey, there's a lot of Elvis fans. <laughs> I know, there's a ton of Elvis fans. This right here isn't really huge. It's called the Elvis Shrine Vault. What it was is it was a bank vault that this bar had bought, like this, the area that bought the area, and the bank vault was attached to the bar, and they didn't know what to do to it. So they turned it into an Elvis Shrine. So it's not huge. And it is in what's called the Star Bar, so you might want to. What know, town? It's in, it's in Atlanta, and. Um, the only thing about Atlanta, truckers have to have permits to go through Atlanta, so for truckers to get into Atlanta and be able to find parking and get into those places might be a little rough. Atlanta's a little tough. Well, this is one of those other ones that's kind of more on the, um, you know, you might not have a, a hard time only because it's more. Sub, you know, like the outsides of it to where you're not going through the city. But, you know, if you park your truck and you want to go in and do some sightseeing, this is one of the places you can go to because, you know, I don't know. But it's called the Grace Vault. It's um, it's there in um, Star Bar. And like I said, it's not huge. So you might want to be able to pull it up online and you can check and see what if it's something that you want to go and see. It's got a little bit of Elvis memorabilia shoved all in there. Last but not least, I have the Atlanta... Botanical Garden, if you're out in the 1970s, they came up with this um, area of uh, gardens that is really cool. And it, again, is in the Atlanta area. So that's not, you know, look at a peanut museum. (laughs) (laughs) Not many drivers just want to stare at a peanut monument. Yeah, that's cool. (laughs) There's really not. Sorry, uh, Georgia. It's just you don't have too much to offer. But anyways, hopefully you'll like some of those places. And let me know if there's anything that you did visit that I mentioned. Well, thank you at least for taking the time out and continuing on finding oddity places for these guys to check out. The airplane thing sounds pretty cool to me. And even the Elvis thing. You said that was in Macon. Macon shouldn't be too hard. Macon's the um, airplane, and, of course, Elvis was in Atlanta. Right, exactly. Elvis is in Atlanta. Oh, well. Hey, Atlanta is it what it is. Okay, moving on. Moving on. So, um, all right. All right, so this truck driver, he's in Cleveland, I think. Right? And just listen to this story. It says a truck driver was arrested on Thursday after threatening to drive through a crash scene, honking in, uh, in, in, incessantly uh, and engaging in a standoff with police. So I just want to give you the gist of it. it really, so the trucker comes up on an accident scene where it stopped traffic, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and this is in Cleveland. I'm pretty sure it is happening in Cleveland. So he comes up on this accident scene, and I guess he's impatient, and he honks his horn. Insistently. And he doesn't stop. He's, he's blowing his horn. Cops walk over to him. Buddy. To you're, crash site. You're at a truck. St- you're at an accident scene. He was, I guess, one of the ones that was not far, so there was no routing him around, mm-hmm. you know. Um, 
So the cop tells him, you're going to be here for a while. He, you know, along with everybody else. The cops walk back to the accident scene. They're, I guess, trying to get their... This is what the story says. They're trying to get their, you know, the stuff done, clean right. up. Get, get it. Starts blowing again. <laughs> and, like, you, you know, constant blowing. Right. And so they come back over and they said, listen, you need to stop the blowing. Let us get our job done so you can get out of here. Mm-hmm. They go back over to the, to the scene. And again, this is allegedly according to the story. They go back over to the scene and he starts blowing his horn again. It won't stop. So they come over and they're like, if you do it again, you're going to get arrested for um, noise ordinance. And I guess he does it again. It's like three or four times. He just keeps doing this. So they they try to ID him, right? Of course, he refuses to ID. This is, a, again, the story goes. Now, they said in the story that he mentions that he has a gun and he's not afraid to use it. Really? Yes. Now, I'm going to just tell you that I've seen a lot of bad cops where they make stuff up. But... My question would be, how did, how did they know he has a gun? So uh, apparently he admitted it, mm-hmm. right? Um, again, you know, you don't know what was said between them now, and, and hopefully they have body cam. I would love to get a copy of the body cam on that, just to see, did the truck driver say, yeah, I, don't, I know what to do with it. So uh, apparently that's when the cop backs away, calls for backup. Next thing you know, they clear the area, they surround the truck. Now it goes from an accident scene to a... A standoff. Yeah, he just threatened them. Right. So if he did threaten them, it, you know, obviously it was probably over frustration, you know? And so what I wanted to say about this is this. Okay, I'm not going to, until I see the body cam, until I, until I literally hear both sides of the story, I am not, I am not going to say that the trucker was wrong, um... But if he said that to the cop, that is definitely wrong. Yeah, and if it he is. and if he was blowing his horn, and then you know they're trying to get their job done, and you just keep blowing your horn like a jackass, then you were wrong. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what I was wanted to, wanting to say is, you know, talk about patience for a second. And you know, there's a lot of drivers out there. There's a lot of million miles. You just read, then you read something on a Warner driver that did five million miles. Right. You don't get to a million miles, let alone five million safe, free, accident-free, rather, miles without patience. Mm-hmm. It's the truth. It's true. So, drivers, if you're out there, the one thing you got to, each, each day you get up and you're rolling, you may even have a dispatcher that's pushing you. You may have some special thing you got to get home for, you know? Yeah, there could be any, there could be many reasons. But if you tell yourself every day... Things may not go my way. It's going to help you with patience. But if you don't have that mindset as you're going down the road that I got to get home for my child's birthday. I got to get home for, for my wedding anniversary. I got, I got, I've got to get to my next stop. I'm going to lose money. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm running late here. I'm running out of hours. Oh, you know, if your mind is thinking that way, then you need to stop for a second and reprogram the way you're trucking. Because like I said, the guys that have 5 million miles safe driving are guys that literally know shit happens. Yeah. You can't control you can't control anything out of your you know 
what, what other people are doing, the accident in front of you. You couldn't control any of that. The only thing that you control is what you do within your vehicle. Exactly. Exactly the message I wanted to put out to these guys. Guys, don't sweat the little things. If you're late, you're late. F it. I, I shouldn't say F it, but you, you if you're you late, you're late. It. You can't control it. If anything, communication. Communicate with them. Say, hey, there's an accident I came up on. It's going to make me, you know, I have a high chance of being a few minutes late because I don't know how long it's going to take before the road clears. You know, you might have given yourself plenty of time, but there are those times where, you know, it takes hours for them to get, you know, clear an accident scene sometimes. There's nothing you can do about it. If you're late for your anniversary, get your old lady on the phone and do a three-way with me. I'll straighten her out. I'm serious. <laughs> I don't think that would work. I'm telling you, get her on the phone because, you know, I'm going to explain to her the way it really is out there as a driver. If you got a wife that doesn't understand trucking, that's not, that's not a good thing because you need a strong a trucker wife at home. Okay, that knows crap happens and that you'd never know. I mean, how many times was I late for Christmas? Um, we, we were, kids and I distinctly remember waiting for you. Yeah, I remember you tortured the kids. I did. You wouldn't let them open presents. <laughs> I let them look at it. Until like halfway through the day when I got home. It, it is what it is, guys. And stuff holds you up. You just, it, it is what it is. So anyways, don't lose your cool. This guy is in a lot of trouble, okay? The only thing, though, it will, I, it, I did see on the ad, here's the charges. This, is, this leads me to believe, um, let me see here. This leads me to believe that I don't know how much I believe the way they said he threatened them, okay? The charges that they're trying to give him... Um, they said he was not under the influence of drugs or alcohol. Okay. So he was naturally crazy. They said his charges of resisting arrest are a class A misdemeanor. Interference with a public duties, you know, the accident scene, is a class B misdemeanor. And then it says additional charges still pending. So if that cop said that he threatened them with a gun, that would have been the number one charge. Okay. So that's why I have a hard time believing that this man you know, alleviated to, I'm going to shoot you, copper. I mean, honestly, I, I'm just saying, to me, unless I see it on body cam, you know, there's not, there's, but there's no charge, Ruthann. There's I'm going to shoot you, copper? Yeah, I, yeah I'm just doing the Bugs Bunny. All right, say, copper. Is this, is this Bugs or, you know, you're pulling your inner, your inner gangster out, you know? All right, copper, where's Muggsy? <laughs> where's, where's Muggsy? If, well, they is might... he in the oven? If my friend Muggsy was in the oven, would I turn on the gas? You might, Rabbit. You might. Remember that one? I do. I do. Well, would I like this match of my friend Muggsy? I think it was Muggsy. I can't even remember the, the, the bad guy. Would I like this match if, if my friend Muggsy was in this in, in there? You might, Rabbit. You might. Do you notice they're all red, you know, like Irish? Well, that's, the cop was Irish. I know. That's what I'm saying. You might, Rabbit. You might. That's what I'm saying. It's like... <laughs> I realize that as I think about it, you know. But all I'm saying, like. Yosemite Sam. Yosemite <laughs> Sam wasn't Irish. He was a rootin' tootin'. With red hair. He was Irish. Okay, just because he had red hair doesn't make him Irish. Maybe he was Scottish. I don't know. But Are he, you picking on the Irish people? No. Yeah? Okay, yeah. listen, listen. Go back, to, go back to this guy. If he was indeed, if that was clear and cut or cut and clear, whatever you call it, right, would they not 
would they not be having the charges already like, okay, threatening an officer? I don't think so. I think words got confused there. And I think it's probably on body cam. Therefore, the cop can't lie. Now, I'm not calling the cop a liar. I'm just saying it's a little suspect, highly suspicious here that, that that's not a charge in there. So we'll wait to see what happens. Yeah, who knows? Maybe maybe they're, they're realizing that it wasn't exactly the way it was. So that's why it's still pending because they're reviewing all the dash cam. Or not dash cam, but the body I see, cams. I seen a video the other day of this cop. In Arkansas, state trooper. He he's he's on this like regular highway in front of this guy, right? And this car's coming too fast, so he puts on his lights, right? And he does a Yui to 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 catch him. Well, he slams on his brakes and does the Yui and almost makes the car behind him hit him, right? So the guy beeps his horn at the cop. Well, the cop gets pissed off and he does a full U, uh, another Yui and gets behind the guy that blew his horn instead of going after the speeder. No word of lie. So the guy pulls over and the cop runs into him. Really rear ends him. Right? Hmm. Seriously, did I tell you this story before? No. Yeah, so he rear ends the guy, right? So then he then he starts accusing the guy of Oh, no, he gets on the radio and says to his sergeant, yeah, a uh, guy just slammed on his brakes in front of me, and I hit him. So the cop lied. It was a, a blatant lie. Right? I think he finally got fired after a while. But anyways, so then, he, then he's, the, he's arguing with the guy, and the guy's like, what did I do? You know, and then the guy starts, he starts making up these charges, and then the, the guy's like, you know, just asking him questions, and they they get into a little argument. The cop rips him out of the out of the his car and handcuffs him now, and and his wife's crying. It's like, so this is why from all these videos that I question, you know, did this trucker really say I got a gun and I ain't afraid to shoot you or I ain't afraid to use it? I don't know, and I'm I'm interested to, to see. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, I mean. First of all, most people wouldn't say those kind of things, but if the driver was beeping his horn like he was and and being aggressive like that, it does. And so it makes it more questionable as, okay, what kind of mindset did he have? Would he have said such a thing then? Because most people at a accident scene don't s- slam their, their air horn on and start playing around with that to trying. Well, and I don't want to call him an asshole. What I should say is he had an asshole moment because we all can get frustrated and have oh, I do. We all have asshole moments, you know, and then we sit there playing in our mind going, why the hell did I do that? You know, but this guy was obviously frustrated and mad if he, if the cops had to keep coming back and tell him, dude, stop blowing the horn. You're, you're really making a exactly. scene. Okay. So anyways, let's move on. And uh, that's going to be to de- be determined. I'd like to see the outcome of what happens to this truck driver and the charges that actually stick. I really would like to see. Moving on. Moving on. So um, LTL freight. LTL freight. You know what it stands for. Less than truckload. Less than truckload. So I want to explain first off LTL freight. LTL freight, if you go on truckstop.com or you go on the DAT where owner operators and, you know, lease purchase drivers sometimes get their loads, you'll see a list of loads and the, um, you'll see flatbed loads and the amount and what it's paying. You'll see reefer, you'll see dry van, you'll see heavy haul, you'll see a thing called specialized, and then you'll see at the bottom usually it'll say LTL freight. Okay, if you're looking at the all the total loads, out of all those rates, the mileage rates, 
LTL is always the lowest. It's the lowest paying rate. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. Yeah. So the and that's really the total miles. If you think about it, um, it's the total miles that the truck is going to put on from the pickup to the last stop. And the reason I say the last stop is because LTL, like Ruth Ann said, means less van truckload. For example, if you're picking up a load of craft cheese and it's a full truckload and there's like say 24 skids or 22 skids on there and it's going from say Ohio to Florida. Okay, it's going to go to one stop. They're going to you're going to back in the door and they're going to pull it off and you're going to have an empty trailer and then you're going to go get another load or you're going to drop the trailer in a a, a, a drop yard and you're going to pick that uh, an empty lo- uh, trailer up, and you're going to go get another load. That's a f- that's what we call truckload. Drive van, reefer, all that has what's called full truckload, but they also have a load called LTL, meaning, okay, you'll pick up usually at some terminal somewhere a load that has multi stops on it. And that's what I used to do, LTL. You'll have, and they'll take the last stop, may, it might be only one skid, and they'll put that in the nose because that's the last stop, okay? And like say your next stop might have three skids, and that'll be the next, that'll be up in the nose also with it, and they'll keep working the skids till they get all the way back. And some, some LTL loads have 30, 40 stops on them, you know? A lot of times, like you go into an industrial park where there's, 30 different, you know, manufacturers or receivers in there, you might have six, seven stops coming off right in there. So you just back in a door, pull across the parking lot, back in another door and another skid comes off. And next thing you know, you have seven stops off in an hour. You know, it can be that fast. When I ran for um, New Pen out of um, Reading, Pennsylvania, we I used to do a lot of local LTL. And I would go up to Reading and I'd go into an industrial park and I'd, I'd deliver five stops in like, 30 minutes, you know, just back in the door, pull a skid off. They'd mm-hmm. sign my bills and they knew us. So they, we just did our own thing. We pulled our own freight off. We'd grab a, a, a pallet jack and just rip it off. And the guy would sign the bills and you'd rock and roll. Right. And, and uh, so, but here's what I want to tell you guys. Sometimes when you're talking to a recruiter, cause I wanted to talk to these guys today about where the best salaries are, but where the most jobs are right now, because the job market sucks right now. It really does. You know that, right? Right. Um, so truckers right now, there's, I'm talking to trucking companies right now that are in, say, Texas, and they have like a, a Texas local, and they're getting drivers calling them from California saying, hey, I, I'll come in and I'll, f- I'll work for a month and then fly home. That's how bad these guys are looking for good jobs right now. Mm-hmm. It's kind of horrible. I feel bad for these guys. Yeah. So anyways, less than truckload. When I was a trucker, I was, but my last job, everybody knows that I've told it a million, million times, I was a casket hauler. Well, when I was a casket hauler, the average mileage rate for a company driver back then was 36 cents a mile to like 38 cents. That's, that was the average good mm-hmm. paying. And everybody out there is probably going, man, you've been went a long time since you drove. And it has. I haven't driven in 25 years. Mm-hmm. Okay. So... You know, the bottom line, but I've, I've been in trucking, though, for the last 25 years. I just haven't driven. But I drove for many, many miles. Many years I drove. So the bottom line with it is I was getting 29 cents a mile as an LTL casket hauler. Everybody else was getting th- right around 36 cents. You remember that? Yeah. Okay. Well, back then, the average trucker made about 35 
to $45,000 annually. That was what they made, okay? And that last year that I did it, I made like right around 70. So you ask, well, how did you, you know, run less miles usually, and you got, I was making on average seven to eight cents a mile less than the average trucker. And most guys would go, I'm not working for eight, 10 cents a mile less, but where they make their money is on stop pay and, and per diems and all kind of what they call accessorial. That's accessorial pay. Mm-hmm. And so what I was getting was, I can't remember exactly what I got paid, but I got X amount for per diem. But then what I got was like, it was like $35 a stop or something like that mm-hmm. back then, 40 bucks a stop. But what was really cool was I would have most of my loads had, you know, four to eight, or, you know, four to 10 stops on it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I would, I would literally make about 30 to 40 grand a year more than the average trucker because I got paid for everything I do. And guys, you might look at LTL rates and go, I don't want LTL rates. Listen, the old Jevic, Jevic, when those guys were running, those guys were making like $80,000 back when I was making 70 and they had 15, 20 stops on her trailer. And they're, they were, they were eight cents a mile less than the average guy. You look at a lot of these LTL carriers now, Right. These guys make a crap ton of money. I remember this one load when we would pick up in Chicago. We would pick up at FFE's dock. I was when I was doing um, reefer. That was before the casket hauling job. I was working. I worked for a few years for FFE for an owner operator, and mm-hmm. you know, and we would pick up LTL in Chicago. The, the the loader out there, he would load, you know. Anywhere from 10 to 20 stops on my trailer, and I would take it back to Pennsylvania, and I would run around Pennsylvania. And, guys, let me tell you something. I would do it in less less than four days. I would run back from Chicago, and then I would have two and a half days off, almost three days off. I would get unloaded 15 to 30 stops mm-hmm. in two days. And then I would start reloading LTL in Harrisburg most of the time. I would pick up at all those XL plants and all those other plants, and I would run around. I would run around, and I would literally, I would literally um, pick up LTL back. And so I remember this one specific place. Ironically, I would pick up. There would be like four skids of craft cheese going to um, what was the name of that? Um, Big supermarket up there in Sunbury and all that. Was it ShopRite or something, or was it? Um, who was that? It wasn't Giant. It was in it was in Sunbury and Milton, Pennsylvania. There was a bunch of those up there. I think it was was it ShopRite? It, it was one of them. I, I it wasn't the IGAs, but I don't I don't remember it being ShopRite though. That's the only I don't remember. Right, but wh- I don't remember what the what the um the those four skids of cheese paid. But they paid, the stop pay was really big for the owner of the truck. But they would throw on a dozen boxes of yeast on top of that. And that yeast literally paid like $700 to deliver or something like that. And the yeast weighed 
ounces. Like you could pick the entire delivery up with your hands, you know, mm-hmm. and just walk it in. And that just them throwing those dozen boxes. And when I say boxes, I mean boxes the size of like a shoe box. They were right. like shoe box size. Right. You would take in these little boxes and that was paying the owner of the truck, which was Mark Fites, by the way. Um, and he had to split it with FFE, right? And it would be literally like 700 bucks. For just for that and it didn't even weigh anything so now you just start adding up what these guys like roadway and that's why it amazed me with yellow because those little things that they throw on the truck they pay big dollars to get that delivered well a lot of the problems with these companies it's not the the freight it's not the drivers it's poor management they don't know how to manage everything you have people that 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 don't know how to take care of the business aspect of it. So they don't know how to handle it that long. So let me just stay with the rate thing though, the way these guys, these truckers make good money. Mm -hmm. If, if you guys would try now, let me just say this though, too. You can't be a lazy trucker if you're going to do LTL. No. Because a lot of times you're touching the freight. I loved it because I stayed thin. I sweat and I would keep going. Right. And besides once you usually LTL carriers get to know the customers because usually you're doing the same routes, which is pretty cool. Exactly. So you get to know these guys, you back in the door, you pull off what you're doing and you keep going. If you can get like a dedicated route. Sometimes you got free stuff. You did. Well, I mean, that was, you know, stuff the company would give to you. Yeah. But um, as far as the money goes, if you, like right now, I'll give you an example. Right now, if you look at, say, Reefer Freight, I think this past week it was like 230 to 250 a mile is what the average reefer hauler was getting. If that was LTL, that reefer hauler, they were probably getting $1.45. And everybody's going, well, shoot, man, that's almost a dollar a mile less. Why would I take that? The 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 stop pay that you get for putting extra stuff on your trailer is crazy big. If you guys would get into that, I promise you'd make more. Why do you think the roadways, those roadway drivers and the UPS drivers and the FedEx drivers and all those other drivers, their salaries are like over $100,000 in most cases? Because they don't look at the cents per mile. They look at the, the final picture. Exactly. It's the same everything. With, the same with like the drivers that I know we're talking LTL, but you know how these, a lot of drivers will sit there and say, when you, when you tell them, um, you know, I've, I've talked to drivers and they say, oh, well, I only get like, I don't know, 45 cents a mile or something to that effect. But he's making great money because he's doing, he's, he's staying running where I've talked to a driver that's complaining because he's making more cents per mile, but he's not getting the runs. And the drivers don't understand it's the bottom line. It's not the cents per mile as much as it is everything that's incorporated with that. And they, a lot of them don't understand that. They see that big amount in the beginning, but they don't realize all the other stuff that goes with it. Yeah, no, I'm going to tell you guys right now. I'm going to tell you guys right now. If you get on the, if you get with an LTL carrier, you will make more money. That's a guarantee. Mm-hmm. Every I worked for different LTL carriers and I already know the salaries of these like Cisco and these guys, they they you just can't be lazy. If you're looking to just sit and run, right. then they're not for you. And I will tell you guys, it's it is more of a young man's. You know, like a lot of you new guys getting into the industry, if you're looking for the really good paying jobs, LTL carriers are the best. And I'm gonna tell you something. I'm not gonna give the name of this one trucking company, but 
personally, um, they their guys make eighty to one hundred thousand. They're home every day. But if you're thirty, if you're if you're over thirty, they will not look at you because okay. you've gotten that laziness to you. Right. They they've already they they already know they've done the numbers. Guys that they hire that have never done it. Now, if you've like say you're coming from Cisco or or FedEx and you're when it's already that way. Right. Exactly. If 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 you're coming from those companies and you want to get a job as as a driver with a new LTL carrier, they will take you. Okay, all right. I'm talking about the big ones now. I'm not going to name this name of this company because I don't want them going. Oh yeah, Troy, that's a lie. We're not we're not discriminating, but they are because I know them because I used to work with them as an agent. Mm-hmm. So I already know what their hiring process is, and they've already you know I've seen them talking to their recruiter, and and they will not take somebody 31 in a row. Like they'll take somebody up to 30. You know what I mean? If they could train them. But if you got out of school and you go with this, it's so be careful when you do apply. And a lot of you guys, it's like it's like a lot of these trucking companies that have a guy that's um, 50 or above. They don't want if they're a flatbed carrier. They don't want a guy that's 50 or above because they already know it's the exercise. It's the strenuous work. It's the it's the physical part of the whole thing. They don't want to have to have a liability on a driver that's coming into a company that's never done it before. And they're afraid. It's not, let's put it this way. It's not just for them as a company. They also look at, they're trying to look out for you. If you're a driver that's never done that kind of work before and you're, you know, a big guy or a a lady that's never done any type of work now, there are people that can do it and they're used to it. But if you're not, they don't want to take that chance on having you go in there and stroke it out or something. It is rare. It is rare that usually, and guys, you may think that this is discriminating, but it is what it is. You know, if, if you try to, if you've, if you've never hauled flatbed before and you're 50 or above, most flatbed companies aren't going to give you a shot because the, the odds of you making it and staying there, it's not going to happen. And same with these LTL carriers. If you've not, if you're used to driving the last, say, 10, 15 years, you know, sitting and driving and just doing that, most of them are not even going to take a chance on you because they already know you won't last. Now, some of you may, but like you just said, it's very rare. And so you got to hire 30 guys to get maybe one guy that'll last. And you spend a lot of money on hiring these guys. And it's the same with lady truckers. Mm -hmm. They get a lady trucker that wants to be a flat better. I don't care how young she is. And you, and you ladies out there. And I know like Kelly McCulley, we got, Mm -hmm. we know some really good flatbed ladies, but we already know the numbers don't lie. Most of those drivers don't last long and then they spend a lot of money on trying to train them so if you're let me just go back to this ltl thing if you're over 30 all right and you're already working as an ltl driver then you then then you already know the money you're making i don't even have to tell you right but if you're up in your 30s and your 40s if you're not in good shape if you're in good shape they may give you a shot ruthann but you know if you're not in good shape i would tell you guys Honestly, that might not be for you, but you young guys that are coming into the industry, money to be made as an LTL, less than truck low carrier. It is. I mean, honestly, I I thought it was great when you did L- LTL. Um, you didn't. You like you said, you didn't have the dedicated route per se, but you had dedicated customers. And what was nice about the company when you worked for it, your dispatcher loved because of where we lived. It was harder to get the drivers to go there because it was the Northeast. So you're like, I'll take it all. So that's why you got all of those runs. But when you are an LTL company or a driver and you have a dispatcher that knows that you'll go in there and do the work, 
they're going to give you, they're going to cater to you to where you're going to have the same customers that you're going to be dealing with, that you get that, that base with them. A customer, like you said, they don't usually do it, but they're allowing you to use the, the, the jacks and stuff like that because they'll know you just go in there, you get it, you pull it off and it helps them. All right. Let's wrap this segment up. We just kind of beat the crap out of it. Um, we. <laughs> we. <laughs> so he thinks that we're, yeah, yes, we are one flesh, but he thinks that I agree with everything with him. I don't think you agree with everything. I'm just saying it's time to roll on here. Let's move on. But I want to, I have this list I dug okay. up and I want to show these drivers the best states. Okay. And not every state the wage is the highest, but these are all high wage states. I'm going mm-hmm. to give them, they're going to be high wage states, but they're not always, they're, some, I'll give you an example. Like, for example, Delaware is got one of the highest wages, but they're number four. Okay. Hmm. And like Pennsylvania and Kentucky are number one and number two. And because of the amount of jobs available. So like I said, remember I said there's truckers calling all over looking for jobs right now. And I want to give them a list of places where there's more job of jobs available if they're looking. Because a lot of them are saying they'll relocate. So if you're willing to relocate, here's a list of states that have the most jobs per capita. Okay. So number one, I already said it is Kentucky. There is right now on average, of 6,466 jobs available. And the average salary, okay, is 68557 and the highest 10% is $101,000. So they're probably Cisco drivers and FedEx drivers or whatever, you know, that are making the 100000 And as you can see, the average is 68, which means their low side and their, their bottom drivers are making 46000 so that's probably a guy that's just running dump trailers home every day, maybe working eight hours a day or whatever they do. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to, I don't want to knock a dump trailer driver because I was, I did that for many years with my grandfather. Um, uh, number two is Pennsylvania. Right now there's 14,369 jobs available and uh, they're at 68.2 as far as salary and their high, their high point is 101. Indiana's number three with 9,500 jobs available. Um, Delaware is a, uh, has 1,484 jobs available. And Delaware, like I said, they're a very small state. So mm-hmm. that's really good for them. I'm going to show you why. In fact, I'm going to scroll down here. I want to show you guys something here. In Kentucky, the population is 4,454,000 with 6,400 jobs available. You, you see the number there. That means there's over 1,000 jobs like like 1,100 jobs per million, and out of that million, not all of them are truckers. You know what I mean? Out of four point right. right, out of 4.4 million in Kentucky, I don't know how many are actually truckers, but per capita, that's good. Pennsylvania has the 14,000 jobs, and they have 12 million people. Okay, that's really good there. So Indiana, number three, is has 6.6 million people, and they have 9,500 plus jobs. And their average salary is $67,000. I'm sorry. Yes, sixty-seven. You already know what Delaware is. Mississippi. 
you would think Mississippi wouldn't be high on the rankings because it's like the you know where you can buy land the cheapest and all that other stuff. But Mississippi has thirty two hundred and fifty four jobs available right now. Wow! And these are and I'm going to tell you something. A lot of these are local and regional jobs. Okay, um, because they're giving out the average salary. The average salary in Mississippi is sixty six thousand three hundred sixty five dollars. It's cheaper. That is. It really is. So, but but if everything's cheaper, it's still good. But the, but they're still at sixty six thousand is good because wait till you see the low point the low states but they have like almost three million people in mississippi so they have their per capita is higher they have a thousand over a thousand jobs per million which is really right Ruthie's going. i don't know what that even means no well, i know i'm just like I'm just saying there's a thousand a thousand trucking jobs per million plus in that state meaning that's a good number okay um oklahoma has the average wage in Oklahoma is 67,261. They have like around 4 million people or 3.9 and they have 3,032 trucking jobs available right now. In Rhode Island, they have uh, an average wage of 70,000 and that's a very tiny state and they only have 671 trucking jobs available. But you can drive through a Rhode Island in like five seconds. They're so damn small. You sneeze. <laughs> Ex- exactly. Oh, <laughs> Wisconsin their average wage is a little over 66,000. They have almost 6 million people, like 5.7 million, and they have 5,400 trucking jobs available. So of almost an even million per thousand. Ruth has gone. I'm going to fall asleep. But I'm just saying this is, truckers understand this. Arkansas has, is their average wage is 65,794, and they have 2,518 jobs available, trucking jobs. That's all the way up to number 10. I just want to show you what the bottom 10 are. The bottom 10 are really, I don't want to say they don't count, but it's Hawaii and Alaska. Hawaii only has 154 available trucking jobs. Exactly. Not many, but, you know, it's just an island, a couple islands. Alaska, you would think Alaska would have more than 149 jobs, but that's all that's available in Alaska. So if if you guys are thinking of going up to to the territories of Alaska and getting a trucking job, you better find one before you go there because there's only 149 right now in existence that they know of. Right. So um, Florida is the third worst state in the United States for trucking jobs. And we've been saying that forever. We know that. <laughs> well, because of the wages suck. You know right. what the average wage in Florida is? 56000 It's 10000 less than, or I'm sorry, 14000 less than Rhode Island. I, I'm, I'm, it's, it's, it's one of those places that everybody goes to that you just don't need to. What do you think the average wage is in, in Hawaii? It's 44000 for a trucker, you know? And Hawaii is expensive, expensive to live there. So how does a truck driver even survive in the state of Hawaii? Um, Idaho is is actually number forty eight on the list. They only pay forty seven thousand as an average, and they only have thirteen hundred and twenty jobs available. So if you're looking to relocate, these states are not the ones. No, you wouldn't want to relocate to Texas right now. You'd think that you would. A lot of people have moved there over the years. They have over twenty eight million people there, and they only have twelve thousand. 691 jobs available, and you guys might think that's a lot. That's not a lot because you can fit about 20 different states inside of Texas. If you look at the numbers right now, Texas only has like less than 500,000, maybe 400,000 um, uh, people per thousand trucking jobs. That's very low. That's terrible numbers. You understand, like the number. If you just look at the numbers, it's well, it's upside I, I, down in Texas. You think I think what my problem is is because I don't I don't pay attention to numbers. 
Yeah. And, and we know that. And I'm looking when you say you can fit all the drivers, you know, all these states in there. Yeah, but there's a lot of un, un, undeveloped land there, too. But, but, the look at but, the, but look at the numbers. Though. I know. That's what I'm saying. My, my mind is warring with itself when I'm thinking of different stuff. Yeah, that's 28 all. million people is, like, so far the biggest number that we've read. And only, to, like, if you look back at Pennsylvania, right, there was, like, 14, there was more jobs in Pennsylvania they had 14,000 jobs in Pennsylvania available, and they only have 12 million, a little over 12 million. Now, look at Texas for one second. Texas has, and these are just trucking jobs, Texas has 2,000 jobs less than Pennsylvania available. You hear that? And they have double of what Pennsylvania has in people. Right. Does that make more sense? Why Texas is on the, Texas is literally the Fifth worst state right now to move to if you're a trucker looking for jobs. I think that uh, is amazing, honestly, because of the location of Texas where so much freight does go through. Number six worst is Oregon. They only have 2,500 jobs available, and they have over 4 million people. Colorado is number seven. They have 5.6 million people and only 3,300 trucking jobs available. Montana, no surprise there. They only have a million people. They only have 717 jobs available. Nebraska has 1.9 million uh, people and only 1,500 trucking jobs available. And last but not least, 3,200 jobs available in the state of Washington. But Washington, believe it or not, has more than double. So they actually are really bad looking on the list right now. So if you're looking to relocate, I'm just going to real fast name these states where the most jobs are prevalent per amount of people. Okay, that's what per capita means, is Kentucky, Pennsylvania, Indiana, Delaware, Mississippi, Ohio, Oklahoma, Rhode Island, Wisconsin, and Arkansas. Those 10 states, if you're having a hard time getting a job in your, your state and you're looking for local work and you're looking to relocate because a lot of these guys are saying they'll relocate, maybe you want to call those 10 states and see if you can get a job secured. And. I mean, I'm sure some of those places, if you wanted to relocate, your company that you're with works there, but still, you know, you're looking at still doing that same type of job. Right. So, guys and gals, truckers, that is my podcast for the week. Oh, I got a great story. You got a story for us? You did tell I me. You do. said you didn't want to tell me about it. You said it was about yeah. human trafficking, right? I am. I got to throw out the name Michael. And Michael... Is this like Trucker of the Week? This is Trucker of the Truckers right now. Oh, he's like, come on. He, he ranks really high right now. He's very high. On, on, my, on my great job. And I said, I can't say his last name because they wouldn't print it because of safety purposes. Um, he, um, this, is, this started back in June. He was traveling on I-10... Won't give any more description other than that, and it was a border state. This is June of twenty-three. Mm -hmm. Interstate ten. Mm -hmm. I ten. And it and it doesn't give you the state. No, it just says in a border state. So in other words, oh, that's Texas. Well, it could be Phoenix. It could be Arizona, New Mexico, or California. You're right. It could have been any of those places. Um, but I got to tell you what happened. I'm going to read the whole article because it's not really long. Okay. Um, the Truckload Carrier Association has named Trucker Michael, his full name, and hometown have been excluded to protect his identity. A TCA highway angel for discovering, pursuing, and turning in human traffickers with multiple children 
caged in the back of a pickup truck. Get the frog out of here. Oh, listen to this. On June 18th, around 1 a.m. in a border state, Michael was at a dark rest stop, rest stop just off I-10. A white pickup truck with a tarp and cage pulled up in front of him. A woman got out of the truck and went around to the back of it. She raises the tarp, and there's a padlock on the cage, Michael said. She takes the padlock off, opens it, and out comes three to four little girls. They didn't pull all, all the kids out. They just pulled those little girls out, locked it back up, and they forced the little girls to go into the restroom. Michael said the little girls that he saw were no older than three or four years old. When the two adults and the little girls came back out of the bathroom, the driver of the pickup forced the kids back into the cage, locked it, and covered the cage up with the tarp. He called the police and was able to walk around in the dark to read the truck's license plate. Somehow, the two adults in the pickup truck must have noticed him because they took off quickly in the truck and Michael followed them. They got about two to three miles ahead of me, but I was on the phone with the dispatcher. So he says the next thing that he knows, the police pull them over and cops come out of everywhere. Michael also pulled over and waited until the police were ready to speak with him to get his statement. Police told Michael that this kind of thing happens all the time. Several of the children have been reported missing, and there were even more children in the cage. In the cage, there were hammocks with the kids draped over across them. Michael said, and the entire bottom of the cage was just filled with children. Now, this is a pickup truck shoved with children in this cage, right? Police also told him that for his protection that he should leave the scene in case anyone with the affiliate of the human traffickers are watching. He's a father of two young children, including a little girl. Michael was emotionally distraught after the nightmarish discovery. Can you imagine that? Can you you imagine? I didn't even, you know, to be honest with you, you know, we've been, you've been talking about tat truckers against trafficking for the last couple of years, you know, you promote them, you know, we've spent some time with them at their booth in Louisville. Um, we, we are, you know, are big advocates for it. And I'm be, I'll be honest with you. When I think of the human trafficking, I think of more like, you know, 13 year olds up to 20 some year old women that they're after. And, 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 and you're right. It gets much deeper than that. These, these skank bags, and and I'm sure you know there may be some listening. I mean, because there's actually some truckers that have been arrested for human trafficking, which is by far. I hope they go to prison. I hope they get life. I do, and I hope that these people get life. But it goes so much deeper than uh, a 13 year old girl to you know 20 some year old girls. I picture them making them pr- be prostitutes. But and and but when you take little kids, I mean, it's like what these are these little do- babies just got out of diapers? My my whole question is. What are they doing with these kids? Are they selling them? Are they, are they, I mean, obviously they're selling them or are they, is there that many sick, perverted, twisted bastards that want to have sex with, with that little age of a kid? I mean, it's, I can't believe what humans do to each other. It's, it's the most, it's the most warped way of thinking. And I'll be, and I'm just going to be honest. It, it might not sound Christian of me. Okay. Cause I call myself a believer. But to be honest with you, if you're found guilty beyond a reasonable doubt, beyond a shadow of doubt, I, I, I think instant death penalty. I don't, I don't, there's no purpose to keep that kind of a human being on the planet anymore. There's no recovery for them. There's no contributing at all to any society um, I, I, I remember seeing an interview with this one child molester 
Um, I hit the one that murdered the girl in California. He, they left him out. He told the judge, don't let me out. I will do it again, he said. He did say that. And he did. He did it again. He asked to be castrated. He said, like you just said, there's no turning back. These guys, when they get that that deep into them, that that they're into this age, this is an age that you should be, if you're condemned, you're found guilty, literally behead them, shoot them, whatever the case is. And I'm not trying to sound cruel. I'm not trying to sound, you know, like a big tough guy. I'm just saying at that point, anybody that has their mind that deep into Warpville really needs to just leave the planet. There's no... There's nothing left for you. You scare, you scare everybody. Nobody will ever trust you again. Nobody's going to want you around them. You are literally exiled. You're worse than when they had Leprosy Island, and they used to take these guys and put them on an island because they were scared of them. A child pervert, people that are buying little kids or abducting little kids, you're the scariest. There is nobody scarier than that no, to that's me. So they don't last in prison because of that either. But here's the thing. There's no purpose when you have... A, p- a person that cannot at all come out of prison because they're they're not going to be able to be a, a upstanding citizen in society. And I'm not talking about being someone that can make a lot of money. I'm talking about just a person that is a good person in society. If you have a person that can never, ever be there, torturing them, maintaining their value of life, really does nothing. What it does is cost everybody. I, I'm, I, I can't. don't mean to sound bad, but... Get rid of them. I mean, like you said, I mean, some of them were what in diapers, maybe even. I mean, those I, children, three to four year olds, a purse, a, a little child wow. that gets out of diapers is usually between the ages of two and three is when they're actually potty trained. Did it say how many kids were in there? It just said that they were the, the cage was full. Now, look, think of a regular pickup truck. Just think of a six or eight foot pickup truck. Yeah. There's a cage in there. Right. It was tall enough to where it had hammocks hanging in there so that they could put more children. So think of a child sitting on the floor, and then, and then a hammock's above them, and it was nothing but filled with children. Think of a cat pen. Well, here's what I'm thinking, though. I mean, you start really trying to figure all this out in your head. Where did they get that many kids? It's like, who's who? where is this conspiracy of people that are gathering, and, and, and were, they, were they kids coming across the border? Were it they said some of the children were missing. So what it was is they were stealing kids. From Mexico? It didn't say what state. These were... Well, you said, said it was a border state. But that leaves me to believe that they're kidna- kidnapping was, the poor Mexican kids, or vice versa. He could, they could have been connect, stealing American kids and taking them over into Mexico. I know, but you, like you would think though that you would hear on the news if let's just say there was a dozen kids in there, if they're that little, it, a dozen easy, okay? Right. You, you would you would hear. I mean, if there was a dozen kids all of a sudden gone missing in one shot like that, you would think you would hear about that. You know what I'm saying? Is there, is there, that, you know, you, what do they call them? Amber alerts. You would think that there'd be like all these Amber alerts going off all the time. But we only get Amber alerts for children that are missing in your area. Oh, man. I, and if I, they I, were doing this over a, a, a two or three state area, you're not going to know about that. I, I'm going to tell you what it sounds like to me. Now, I could be wrong. It sounds like there's a bunch of scumbags kidding, you know, kidnapping these little Mexican children and abducting them and, and selling them to perverts here in the United States or something because it's like, I don't know, it sounds like to me, unless there's like 
a lot of cover-ups going on where you're not hearing about a, a bunch of American kids being abducted on like this mass amount. I'm going to give you a statistic. Because he said it happens all the time, you said. Yeah. Every 40 seconds, a child goes missing or is abducted in the United States. Approximately 840,000 children are reported missing each year, and the FBI estimates that between 85 and 90 percent of these are children. Yeah, but and I will guarantee you, if you keep reading those statistics, at least 90 or 95 percent of that number are like mom reporting the kid missing, and then they find him, or the kid ran away, or the kids, you know, didn't come home in time. To where that all gets calculated in there, how many actually get? kidnapped and 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 haven't been found i'd like to know those numbers but you know listen i'm not disagreeing that it could be it could have been americans also i'm just saying it almost sounds like i i feel bad for any country where this is going on it's actually pretty horrible so let's uh let's wrap this up ruth ann and maybe we'll get some more numbers on it um but wow that's a, a shocking story you brought forth and i sure hope that justice is served in this situation. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. I, I, I think, Michael, Michael, great job. I thank you for paying attention yeah. and, and looking out for those little children. And I hope one day that you find peace and, and think about how great it was a job that you did. Michael, Talk CDL salutes you. I mean that sincerely. Ruthann, do you have the word of the day? I do. Ductal. Ductile. Ductile? Ductile. It's spelled D-U-C-T-I-L-E. When I first seen it, I was I was pronouncing it duct, ductile um, only because of the way, you know, it's spelled. But it is ductile. It is Latin. It's from um, the 14th century. But it's it's amazing when you think about it. If you if you go through and you, you think of the carpentry end of it or in that end, you know, you think of it textile, ductile. So what this is, it is of metal, and it's able to be drawn out into a thin wire. So it's a metal that you could draw into a really thin wire, like copper. Oh, okay. So like, you know how you you could you could stretch copper really thin. Yeah, like they do you, in the extrusion plants. Mm-hmm, and yeah. you could bend it and stuff. That's basically what that means. So, but it's it's doing it with metal. Yeah, it's uh, um, able to um, able to drawn out into a thin wire. Able to deformed without losing toughness, pliable or not brittle. So they the example in a sentence is copper is quite ductile, or ductile, which makes it perfect for both electrical work and jewelry. Okay, yeah, I see what it's saying now. So it, it's 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 uh, the ability to be flexible and stretched without breaking and stay mm-hmm. strong. Okay, that's pretty cool, ductile. Yeah, well, I'm not ductile, so. No, you don't stretch very well. No, I don't. And you're not pliable. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Ruthann, we're out of here. Peace. Peace. Praise the Lord.